What's up, guys? Welcome back to another podcast. It's your boy, Leander, <laughs> with my co-host today. It's me, Hashem. <laughs> uh, and this is Jump Cut. This is a podcast where we talk about movies without whatever college thing, don't understand them. It's fine. And uh, today, we actually got a good movie in the house, so yeah, that'll be fun. This is one of those recommendations from one of our previous contestants. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you missed last episode, Jordine cursed us with all the Transformers movies. So to make up for it, she actually recommended a pretty bomb pick. Yeah. So if you haven't seen Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, uh, turn this off and go do that. We're not that important. This thing's like an hour yeah. long anyway. You don't have places to be. Dude, it's really good. It's, really it's, very, it's very good. But how have you been, Hashem? How's your week been? You know what, man? My week was good until I bought another anime game and I was disappointed. Disappointed? Why? Disappointed. I think I've made this clear so far in our 40-something episodes. Yeah. I like good plot, you know? I like good story. I like good dialogue, right? Mm-hmm. My God, does Scarlet Nexus not have any of that? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, well, I games to... are meant to be fun, so if you have fun playing it, just don't think about it. Like you could put, it could be a podcast game, you know, like where you throw okay. in headphones that are unrelated and just do buttons. Okay, sure. Now here's my here's my uh, <laughs> rebuttal. Person, not rebuttal, but uh, like my my uh, justification. Okay. Do you think the story in Persona is good? No, not excellent. Like I think people Ooh. inflate it a lot, but I think. The characters are lovely. Like, I think okay, the characters fine. are really good. But, you fine. know, like, the story itself, it's like, what is the last act, dog? Where did that come from? Maybe I didn't read yeah, the book. Yeah, but that's, but like, like... <laughs> that's just that's just standard Shin Megami Tensei. You end up the fighting rest of slime. It, though, and up, then... until, up until the ending, I would say. I was all with it. I was like, this is pretty interesting. It keeps building on itself. It feels like a D&D campaign. But then the ending yeah. is like, hey, fight God. <laughs> it's like, all right. <laughs> Kill the personification of death. Yeah, that, I, that's that's pretty standard. Um, but the, I, I'm glad that you touched up on it because it does have... Okay, maybe the plot itself isn't great, but it does have good writing, right? In my opinion, mm -hmm. anyway. Definitely, definitely, yeah. Yeah, the characters, you know, interact organically. Like, even though I assume they were written by fucking 30 and 40-year-olds, I still feel like a lot of the dialogue could have been spoken by high schoolers. You for the I'm most saying? part, like, of course, with that much dialogue, there are definitely slip ups. Like usually 100%. Honestly, whenever they're writing w w like men interacting with women, it usually messes up if they're not part it of the It was really bad. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> like when they're talking, when you have like just the friends chatting about whatever's going on in the plot or exams or whatever, all that seems good. It's like on par, if not better than some anime, I would say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Scarlet Nexus is not like that. <laughs> All right. Now, here's the thing. If it was a game that was light on the story and focused on the gameplay, I'd be okay with it. But it's the same shit with Persona. You know how you have social links or confidants or whatever? Yep. In this one, you have like bond levels where you level up the bonds with your teammates and they become stronger and shit like that. Okay. Dude, I cute. swear to God, I don't give a fuck about any of these goddamn characters. <laughs> what, like, how are you going to give me wrong? a. I, okay, first of all, the dialogue is very, very stilted, and nobody acts organically. Nobody mm -hmm. acts organically. One of the main characters has a crush on a girl, okay? All right. 
I'm gonna give him that. You know, cute anime girl. I have a crush on her too. Whatever. You know, it's <laughs> I, I relate. All right. Okay. Then she tries. Do you care about spoilers? Does anybody at home care about spoilers? I guess spoilers <laughs> for Scarlet Nexus. <laughs> Literally nobody stopped listening. I guarantee it. But go all right. On. Okay. Okay. She is framed for killing his father. All right. Then mm. she tries to kill him. And every time they meet, he's like, I just want to talk it out. We got to we got to figure out what our what our differences are and what our, you know, plan is and all this shit. And so <laughs> I, I messaged the group chat. You remember where I said uh, it's very cliched, like I'm sure she didn't kill the father. Like yeah. it's going to get revealed later on that someone else killed him and she was just holding the knife or some shit like that. Yeah, they, they don't address it. <laughs> No, it's just just they, dropped. It's just ignored. It just doesn't happen. They meet up halfway at the end, like the final act of the game. Okay, so mm-hmm. you play the game from two perspectives. There's two main characters. Um, yeah. You you play 75% of the game as one, and then at the very end, both parties merge, and you have, like, a instead of a party of five, you have a party of ten for the final mm-hmm. act. They they meet up, and, and that's it. <laughs> oh, it's just, I, like, I don't know killed the father. Yeah, I no no, it, it was kind of eventful. You're, the main character kind of almost dies in some shit, and yeah. his bonds are recreated by the memories that they all share. You know, pretty standard anime shit. Kingdom Hearts Remind, yeah, okay. Kingdom Hearts, exactly, exactly, bro. Mm-hmm. You get it. Yeah. I just don't. I but the the thing is, the gameplay is fun. Like it's like it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's like kind of challenging. You got to use a lot of items and shit like that. But it, it's fun. You know. Yeah. Speaking of anime games, I've started playing my fair share of anime games recently. Mm. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit upset because I started Odin Sphere, but I didn't notice I started into my brother's profile. So I'm like 40 minutes down and I don't want to redo all the tutorial stuff. That game's mm-hmm. interesting. I think mm-hmm. like you like there was a moment there where I was like, the fuck this kid make me buy? Because obviously Odin Sphere Lethrosire or whatever is not a game that I would buy <laughs> on my own. Hashem recommended it. Right. <laughs> And the game starts, You're and welcome. it's like, press down to pick up your cat. And I'm like, I'm not fucking playing this game. Like, I can't believe I spent $40 on this piece of shit. But, uh, yeah, the actual combat and the gameplay minute to minute is actually pretty interesting. And I, I'm kind of yeah. into it. Um, But it also might just be pulling one over on me because I keep getting S ranks in the first part. And I'm like, I, this isn't going to hold up. S ranks, don't you don't fuck around with S ranks in Japanese games. Like, this is clearly tutorial level shit. So. It's tutorial level shit. The the yeah. game is you play the game multiple times with different characters. Okay? Okay. And then you go back again and you play each character again at a higher difficulty, if that makes sense. All right. Because I don't well, think, you know, here here's you know how like Hollow Knight has a plot. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But it's like not that heavy you just show up you beat bad guys the only person that everybody's cryptic as fuck it's not it's not in the gameplay it's in the world like it, it really isn't front and center and like i didn't notice any of it when i first played yeah you have to like look for it yeah exactly this i would say is is kind of the same in that the hook is not the plot it's the gameplay or the combat mm-hmm. i should say you know what All i right. mean yeah, I, like, I can see by, having more depth because, like, it does. It's not like it's surface level right now, but like they give you so many moves off of the beginning, and then they give yeah. you like the skill tree with like a billion more, and you could like toss things in and out and whatever. So yeah, I, I'll get more into it. I like it. The, the the other anime game I just started is uh, 
Nier Automata. So mm. that's fun. <laughs> that is really fun. I've, I haven't played that one before, and it's like really interesting how it shifts from like isometric to third person like constantly. I'm kind of into yeah. that. But um, the controlling mapping on that is kind of... I, I hate it. I hate that dodge is with, like, R2. I think that's a dumb button to have it. You can change um, it. I have a change to circle. Right? I was thinking about doing that, but then it remaps everything, and I don't want to sprint with circle either. But honestly, that might just be the play. So... I I, I, I mean, know. you don't... I think you just tap it to sprint, no? I don't remember. I'm pretty sure you hold it, though. But I don't know. All I did was play it yesterday, so who? what do I know? But yeah, anime games—they're um—they're—they're they're interesting. That's that's about all I have to say. I only they're just started interesting. both of those. <laughs> yeah, the the writing is is something else. I feel like there there's like a certain you have to like forfeit a level of quality that you come from with like fully English writing because obviously ninety percent of it is lost in translation. Like you're not like gonna localization get stuff. Exactly, and like even if it's voice acted and stuff, they directly translate lines. They can't change it in the animation or whatever. So timing is always weird, and like there's pauses between voice lines. It's like, eh. But what can you do? I don't mind it. I think the best games, in my opinions, are the ones that remap uh, voice lines to be more organic. But even just like, it it doesn't always work. I feel like what what most impressed me was the start of Final Fantasy fifteen. Like, I watched a friend play that, and that was really impressive how they were using, like, English idioms and stuff like that in, yeah. the, in the voice lines. Like, that That's is I'm something I'm not used to in anime games, but, yeah. And and it's, unfortunately, it's it's few and far between. Um, if you play a lot, because I, like, the older Final Fantasies are very guilty of this. This is why, yeah. this is one of the main reasons, well, not the main reason. The other reason is because I think I'm a fucking piece of shit now, but I can't <laughs> stomach playing Final Fantasy VII again. No? I don't know what it is about random encounters that just fucks with my brain now. Like, I I can't. Because you're just trying to go about your day, and then you get fucking attacked by some strangers. Like, I, I, I don't like the concept of random encounters either. I feel like that really turns me off of a lot of games. I never played Pokemon, but the concept of not being able to walk through grass to get from point A to point B because you're going to get in a fight, so annoying. I want to be able to choose those. You know what? I will say I do think Pokemon does it the best because it's specific local regions on the map that you get attacked as opposed to just walking in a fucking building. That's true. You get jumped by bandits and shit like that. But so also most say, of but Pokemon I- is trying to get those anyway, right? Isn't that like a collecting yeah, that's fair. type? Yeah, I guess that's fair. I mean, a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of like Final Fantasy games are very grind heavy. You know, you you got to go fucking fight people to level up and shit. That's fair. Yeah. So this is our know, ten man. minutes that we dedicate to every episode about anime games. Um, it's true. In other news, Hashem got a job, King. Yeah, I know. Woo! I have fallen for Woo! the oldest trick in the book, bro. Remuneration. Look at me. <laughs> who would have thought what were you trying to say Remu- who would have thought Renum- remuneration what does that mean scholar it's it's <laughs> it's payment for work basically oh yeah this payment fucking guy came labor. up with an alternative to job that's 20 times longer good for it's you, not an alternative to job it's like <laughs> i right, remunerate listen, for my occupation that's not, what, scholar. that's not what that means i don't like no you. it's it's the it's all right that's fair you actually should it i'm actually insufferable as fuck <laughs> Honestly, anybody that hangs out with me is is 
ne- negative in their life. <laughs> I don't think um, that's true. I think you have good movie recommendations, I hope. I mean, that's well, why I keep you around, right? I mean, hey, we'll see next week. This week it's on you, brother. Oh, that's true. Right, yeah. Uh, I have that prepared, though. I know what I have in advance, and it, it's a doozy. Sure. But yeah, I, I got a job. Now that I have all of this money and I'm rolling in cash and 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 dough and all that good stuff, I'm going to be spending so much goddamn money on video games. It's great. That's good. So we'll get more reviews. <laughs> more reviews is right. This podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Good. All right. Uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I just want to understand. Have you seen this before? I have a long time ago. So was it like a... a more like a first time watching like did you remember the plot yeah. did you know everything okay i remember general like point a point b point c i don't remember anything in between okay that's fair yeah um i as soon as this movie came back on i felt like it all came flooding back so i kind of knew what was going on mm-hmm. but there is some excellent storytelling in this movie with mm-hmm. like how they jump around between before and after certain events we're not in spoilers yet so it's like yeah um and how they tell the story is i think a little confusing on your first watch but you can completely appreciate it on subsequent watches like it's so interesting i get just like i i really enjoyed it i had i gleaned a lot from this new rewatch and i i think like if you again if you haven't seen it like as soon as we start talking spoilers, because like the main yeah. premise of the thing is kind of unexpected and you want that revealed to you slowly. Um, yeah. I so agree. go watch it. <laughs> this is one of those movies where if you know nothing, the less you know, the better, which I'm finding is a trend with Jim Carrey movies. <laughs> <laughs> the Truman Show. That, oh, that's true. Right. Jim, yeah. Jim Carrey, like, I think we probably said the same thing when we were talking about the Truman Show, but like that motherfucker can act, dog. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. him and I think it's Kate Winslet who plays uh, the Kate love interest. Yes, mm-hmm. both of them. The other half of the love interest is uh, they're both excellent in this movie. They're both really, Very really good. good. Like to a I disturbing everybody... degree. <laughs> There's a the only actor who I would say is like bad is David Cross, which is you know that's fair. Is he the what, uh, a, what a surprise? He's the friend. He's David Cross. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, he plays Tobias Funke or Funke or whatever in yeah. Arrested Development. Tobias right? yeah. Funke. <laughs> he's he's very small role, but yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know how we're gonna keep dodging around this. I think we're gonna jump into spoilers now. Yeah, you gotta watch it, dude. Like seriously, if you know this nothing, is, good. Yeah, stop watching right now. Go watch <laughs> this movie. Absolutely, absolutely, shit. This is a really good one. This is like. From me to you, go watch it. Mm-hmm. All right. So <laughs> where do you want to start with this, man? What are some things you felt about it? Your first, this, this rewatch. Okay. So I think I want to touch upon something that you said. Yeah. Um, the style that the movie is written in is fucking phenomenal, in my opinion. Like the way it's, what do you mean by written in? Like the dialogue or like or, the... Or I guess... No, no, not the dialogue. The fact that we're the story is being told through. I was gonna say Truman for a second. What the fuck's his name? Joel. <laughs> yeah, Joel. Through Joel. Joel's memories. Like you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but like even the sequence of those events 
are muddied for the sake of the storytelling. Like it's so yeah, it's nonlinear. It's so nonlinear, and it's like it, you don't even notice. But the 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 timeline of the movie is kind of shaped like uh, you fall off a cliff. Like you're starting in the mm-hmm. present or whatever, and it's going up and up and up and forward, and then just like cuts from one scene to another and it's all of a sudden like four to five days behind (laughs) yeah and the rest of the movie plays through before it gets caught up with the present again and it's like i like i appreciated on the rewatch that they literally have her hair coordinate with what part of the timeline you're in and you can expect the story to be right now just so that like an audience member can keep track i didn't notice that shit my first rewatch or my first watch. Neither did I, to be honest with you. But it makes sense. I mean, I'm sure he remembers what color her hair was at the time. Yeah. And I, I, I also just feel like the way you're describing that he, the story is told through his memories is so, like, it's chilling almost. Like haunting in a weird and creepy yeah. way. Here's, here's what, um, here's the point that I was trying to get to. Yeah. I like when a story is told from, with an infallible like what is the term narrator infallible narrator yeah we can't trust what what uh jim carrey is is telling us and we can't trust his memory you know what i Mm -hmm. mean yeah and i think it's it's a lot more subdued at the start of the movie but then like as the movie goes on like he remembers himself as a child but he looks like his older self he remembers Mm -hmm. hanging out with the the other girl clementine as kids even though they never met he doesn't like the 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 doctor's face is is like backwards when he remembers it and shit like that Mm -hmm. i just love that shit i fucking love it it's it's so interesting because like while you're like what you're saying is true that we're hearing most of the story through jim carrey's like or you know joel's memories but like Mm -hmm there's such a clear distinct style between when they're showing the memories and when they're showing real life but like that gets muddied when you're talking about joel like a lot of the actual plot i guess you can call it plot stuff of um the researchers and the assistants who are like conducting the whole experiment stuff like their whole thing is kind of shot like a regular movie right like shot reverse shot people talking all that stuff like dialogue and just naturally showing the people talking as they're speaking but like okay joel his whole deal is completely backwards like you hear dialogue from him and you know clementine while they're showing them as kids and in between shots the background will blur and unblur lighting is all fucked up like it disappears and reappears like when he's walking through the library it's like also he's hearing the background of like the in real life right and it's like yeah it's so it's so cool how distinctly like stylistically different they made like the memories and joel's like visions of them compared to the rest of the movie i love that i don't know if this is a thing that i'm making up in my head yeah um the colors there's a there's a bigger contrast when he's remembering things i think the gradient of color is is very blue when you're in real life Mm-hmm. Uh, especially at the start and at the at the in the middle of the movie when when he like goes to actually get the procedure and shit like that, but yeah. in his memories like the colors pop more. You know her dress is vividly red, her hair is vividly blue. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I I definitely think that's part of it. even just like the way they played with some of the colors. Like there were weird shots where he's walking down the street 
and they blur the background of him walking because it's like because he doesn't remember he doesn't care or remember he just remembers walking down the street or like just just how kind of erratic the things like he he doesn't remember the doctor's face because the doctor wasn't important in his life but to the story we know that when we can focus on the doctor's face like we know what that looks like we know what he looks like because like he's carmen falcone bro It's, I just loved it. I, I really, I really thought that like the premise and why don't you um, give for anybody who's dumb and didn't actually watch the movie? Why don't you give like a quick description of what the premise right, is? Right. So. Basically, Joel is dating this girl Clementine. They have a huge argument. She goes and gets her memories of him erased, and he goes and gets his memories of her erased. Basically, yeah, that's it. Yeah, and like the movie kind of follows his him, yeah, yeah, him doing the process of erasing because like it kind of starts off with him noticing, like at some random interaction that she has no recollection of him, and then yeah. figuring out that it's from this you know science thing Procedure. and then doing it himself, and like it's so. What do you think of it? Like, what do you think of that premise, the sci-fi ness of it? I think it's kind of bullshit because I don't think. Like, okay, may, maybe not. How do I how do I phrase this? That sound like a complete dickhead. I it's not that the the science is like flawed or any of that shit. I understand that it's part of the premise, but I think that memories have an emotional attachment to them, which is why I think it's impossible to erase like someone's entire existence from your memory. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think that what what they tried to do was like encompass all of that and delete it all at once sort of thing like if you had no prompts that would remind you of a person existing you had them all burned or given to some whatever organization like what would be the prompt that would trigger your memory to come back like i i think it's a cool premise i agree the science isn't there but like would you get it done what do you think about that or would you like it to be a possibility like hmm I don't think so. I, I mean, possibility, maybe. I, I have no issue with it being a possibility, but I, I don't think I would. And I think it's like, really crazy. This is like kind of the thing that they talk about at the end where him mm-hmm. and Clementine are in the hallway. And he's like, I love everything about you. And she's like, yeah, but you're going to end up hating me. And he's like, I don't care. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I fuck. Yeah. I, I get that. It's 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 not about like, even if you know that you're going to end up with hating this person at the end. The memories in between are the point, you know, mm-hmm. in my opinion, mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. And it, it's it's kind of like this. I mean, even like the character Clementine describes herself as like erratic and, you know, carefree and does things on the Impulsive spot. Impulsive and shit. Impulsive. Yeah. That's the word I was looking for. Right. So I can see a person like that wanting to get rid of the sadness of a breakup and then just doing it by wiping this person from their existence. Right. But, like, mm-hmm. it's so crazy to think about. Like, you have one perception of their relationship from the beginning, and it's like, yeah, all bad memories, you want to get rid of those. Like, you see them arguing and stuff. But then it's like, you see Joel, who's clearly torn up about this girl, like, doesn't want her back, just is, like, upset that the relationship ended. And it's like, him, like, crawling and cry- trying to get any of those memories to stick around is so desperate and sad isn't it yeah it is very sad it's very 
I think it's because, like, how do I how do I phrase this? I think Clementine wanted to get rid of the me- memories because she thought she was unhappy, and she felt trapped within the relationship. And I think she kind of says that at the end, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Joel was trying to get rid of the memories because he wanted to move on, because he couldn't like bear thinking that he lost, you know, someone that he loved like this. You know what I'm saying? Maybe. I mean, it's it's hard to tell what the like you think that the people were thinking, but like I got the vibe that Joel wanted almost to get back at her. Like the idea of oh, somebody erasing okay. your entire relationship from their mind and like having no recollection of it, whatever, right? That's that's crazy on its own. But like just the like having that done to you, you lose the breakup. They have no like I mean, it's weird to frame it as losing and winning a breakup. That's but really there is interesting. Like, I didn't I'll be honest, I didn't <laughs> think of it like that at all. Yeah, I mean that's just how I saw it. It's like no it's not okay i I feel like a dick saying winning and losing but there is a sense of that like you want to show to somebody who you're done with you want to show that you're in a better place than you were because like i don't know nobody wants to be seen as this like the end point of a relationship you're not at your best you don't feel good or whatever right i I get that the idea of not being it it's just indefinite closure like any questions you had about the relationship none of that stuff will ever get answered nor does like any of your wanting to get back with them will ever be reciprocated. Like they have no memory of you. You are a stranger to them. That's it's like a whole other level of loneliness. I feel like I couldn't, I couldn't deal with that either. Okay. Going off of that, I'd think even if Joel erased his memories, he 100% lost the breakup. No doubt in my mind. (laughs) No, no. I, I like, because the start of the movie is is after the procedure has done. You know, this movie starts in medias res and all that fucking yeah. all the best movies do. You know, <laughs> okay. Um, and he's absolutely fucking torn up about his entire life. You know, he's like, I should call Naomi back, and he like skips work. He, he he's miserable, right? Uh huh. But when he sees Clementine at the beach, and when he sees her at the at the what am I trying to say? What does she work? Bars and Noble? The library? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. She seems fine. You know, she's dating. I think the only thing that she is completely unfulfilled by is her uh, romantic life. Because this is also fucking creepy, by the way. Patrick? Holy shit. Oh, yeah. The concept that the person conducting the mind-wiping thing can use your previous memories to leverage a relationship? That's fucked yeah. up. That's weird. That's fucked up. That's fucked up. <laughs> That's fucked up. Yeah. I will disagree a little bit, though, because I think, like, okay. I did frame it as, like, a winner and a loser, but I don't think, in reality, there ever is one. It's just, like, a way that uh, maybe I've heard it. people say it. Maybe it's just how I perceive relationships. Ending. You've been watching How Much Your Mother Too Much, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but you, like, in my mind, that is how someone will evaluate getting over the other person. Like, I want to be a better person regardless of them. But like, I don't think that you can actually look at the two and say there is a winner or loser. You just want both people to feel like they're the winners. Cause at that point they've kind of moved on or like not they even both feel need... like the winners, not even think about the game anymore, but it's just like, a I was going to say to frame trying harder to be over the other person. I, I think, I think the most important thing for the end of any relationship, romantic, yeah platonic anything like that is always closure right 
Mm-hmm. So I think it's if if both parties get closure and they move on from the relationship and they're not necessarily in a better place, but they're you know on that track forward. Yeah, yeah, on the track, then I, I think everybody's happy. And that's what I was trying to say when I said that Joel was was trying to get closure, right? Yeah. I think Clementine was very upset. And it's like you said, she's she's an impulsive person. So this definitely is something that she would do when she's angry, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is, it is just mind-boggling that, like, there is no chance of him getting closure, though. Like, yeah, you could say that she was in a better place, but that's only because she had her mind erased. She couldn't be in yeah. a bad place with Joel. <laughs> like, yeah. there is no version of closure when the other person doesn't remember you. Like, it doesn't so... remember you. I agree. I agree. That that sounds like just psychological torture. Just like the idea of you being erased. You're, that person was so important in your life, and suddenly you are nothing in theirs. And it's like not out of choice or them learning it's just like you can't i don't know i don't know i don't even know how to put it into words i'd be so upset it's a very strange premise mm-hmm. a very good one yeah a very good but even one. like in, in the beginning right like joel skipping work and stuff all that was after he had had his mind erased yeah this is the aftermath yeah yeah so i guess like that is the part that i think you can look at this movie and like i don't know if you call it a romantic movie romantic i mean it is a romantic movie but like it's it, it it's a lot more real than it is good feels and stuff all around you know what i mean i'd say it's a drama drama is a good way to put it yeah a but dramedy like, i don't know is that a thing the the very kind of cute and like i guess endearing part to me when i when i think about this movie is the concept that like you are a person right and you are drawn to a certain type of person who you'll date. And mm-hmm. even after both of them had their minds erased, right? There was like they this both ended up force together. that pulled them together. Yeah, because all bar nothing or whatever, when you get rid of all other variables, it's like they, they wanted to beat each other, beat with each other the first time. And all that happened was they just got reset back to that point with a little bit extra info. But like, why wouldn't they? The humans do the same thing. Like, I don't know. It's so cute, I think. The, <laughs> I, I thought that that was like... I, like, the idea eager. that they both felt like just some impulsive thing to on, like, a fucking cold winter's day run to the beach because there was only yeah. one other person there who also didn't know what they were doing there. Like, wow. I don't know. This is a great movie. This is a great movie. Right? I think it's very... It's very melancholy, but I do think at the end of the day, the message is is very, very positive. You know what I mean? I 100% agree with you. Yeah. What what message did you take most from it, do you think? I think it's just like emotions. Sometimes you can't really control your emotions, right? Who you love, who you care for. Mm-hmm. And so even though there was objective truth in both of them being so torn up about the relationship that they wanted to literally erase the memories. They still couldn't get away from the fact that they cared about each other. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a good thing. I mean, maybe it's not <laughs> who the fuck am I to decide? I don't know. It, it It's so weird, right? Because it wasn't like rom-com movies or whatever, where no. you just have these people fall in love and then like everything's fine until one big incident. Right. And it like that tests the relationship and they persevere. It's like 
No, they had been together to the point where it was falling apart. Like they were angry at each other and like just like so petty and toxic in all these different ways. It's like you can clearly see that as not a relationship that's working. But why do I still feel happy at the end that they gave it a shot? You know, I don't know, dude. It's weird because it's like I dude, I I feel like. If I was in the same position, I don't want to. I do not want to be in a relationship like this. You know what I mean? No. Well, the the point is that you don't want to be in the bad parts, right? Like there are parts where, like, you know, Jim Carrey is faking his own death for attention, and she doesn't give any of, and she just rants about him, or like they're being toxic about, like, you know, you probably fuck someone tonight. Like it's all just anger and unpleasantness. But the other parts that they clearly forget. Is like, you know, the cuddling and the having the other person and the talking about doing fun little couple things. I don't know. Like, it's so okay. heartbreaking. I'm going to make this is a stupid analogy, but I'm going to make it anyway. It's literally mm-hmm. just like nostalgia goggles. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like a little bit. I I know. I, I do say that's that's true. I'll agree with that. Right. But like, is there's something optimistic about it. Like part at least how i think of it when you in a relationship with someone it's like it's not going to be good the entire time like there's going to be harder days than others and like the the I, I don't know maybe it's the best relationships maybe it's just like you definitely have to put in conscious effort to try like the relationship isn't just like going to happen because you guys are this perfect match it's like both people need to put in effort right they need effort, and it's yeah and there's something so endearing about both of them knowing how toxic and evil they got with one another near the end, but still giving it a shot. Do you know what I mean? Maybe they aren't the perfect match, but they both Ooh, care know. enough to give it a shot. I don't know. It's like, don't let the previous actions dictate the next ones. But like, even the, the okay, I feel like I've been talking for so long, but like, dude, the ending is so also melancholy. The way it loops them yeah. on the beach it just tells you like this is going to go round and round and we don't know when it's going to end. It's like, so I don't know. Okay. Chilling. This is, I don't know how to make this, this, you know how like some people are, are blind to toxic behavior in a relationship. Right. Uh-huh. When, you know, when you love the other person, you're willing to look the other way if they're, you know, they're angry a lot or they're, you know, dismissive or if they're, you know, absentee or whatever that whatever the fuck it might be. Right. Yeah. You forgive, don't you forgive think, the person. Yeah. You forgive the person. In my mind, this is not something that is is OK. OK, because mm-hmm. I, I've, I've talked about this before. Relationships are all about ratios. Yeah. Um, you got to find somebody that matches your ratio. So if you are needy 30% of the time, you got to be somebody that's willing to also give you what you need 30% of the time. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah, yeah. If if a toxic relationship, in my opinion, a lot of the times is just a mismatch of ratios. So <laughs> because they are already know that the relationship isn't going to work out, them trying again is great but i just i can't see it going well you know i really can't (laughs) Uh, i didn't know that i had a podcast with the fucking tinder algorithm over here (laughs) talking about mismatching ratios inevitable downfalls (laughs) i don't know i don't know what the fuck how how was the call it bro 
<laughs> your alignment chart. Get the fuck out of here, bro. <laughs> I get what you're saying, but like, like, yes, there are obviously relationships where it doesn't work out because the people are incompatible, right? And I'm not trying mm. to paint this like a blanket swath thing, but like, this movie is so much more muddied than that because you see the relationship really from Joel's perspective, but even that, there are memories of both of them not being there for each other. Like, they're both, both of pretty them shitty. being toxic, both of them being shitty, and both of them not liking the people they were at the end of the relationship. It's like, I know you're not saying that only one person's at fault, so it's kind of weird for me to reply with that, but like, it it feels like, like knowing that it's going to fail and knowing that they had failed like doesn't stop them that's something about that is like different and like gives me hope that like the future would work for them okay i agree i think because i do think it's important to give people second chances and all that bullshit yeah it's just like in this situation they don't have the memories of each other you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Oh, so it's just going back to square one. Yeah, <laughs> it's literally impossible for them to learn from their mistakes. Like, That's true. as far as we know, and I, I do think, you know, I, I do think that Joel and that Clementine were remorseful for the actions that they took. Because mm-hmm. even when they've had a fight and even when they've had an argument, they will always go and apologize and say, I shouldn't have said that and so on and so forth. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But now, Joel, if they ever get into an argument, he's just going to be like, oh, you're just out fucking other people because he doesn't know better. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Because he did, yeah, he didn't hear himself say it last time sort of thing. Yeah. So that's that's the only thing that, that maybe that's it's the point true. of the message. <laughs> Don't erase no, your fucking like, memories. <laughs> I literally think that like you're supposed to, that, that, that ending, right? So the final frame or whatever, the final scene is like them happily on the beach after saying like, you know, you're just going to hate me. You're just going to hate me. And then they like, why not? Who cares? Let's try. Right. Yeah. And them dancing on the beach all happy. But like that scene <laughs> repeats in the movie, like over and over again for the ending. Right. It mm-hmm. keeps cutting back to the start of them dancing and the start of them dancing. But they'll dance two meters and then come back two meters and back. And it's like that only suggests that this does not end. That it's like these people stuck in this loop of getting together, riping their memories and coming back. Like, it's like when you add this variable that you forget your entire relationship after it happens, like, who knows if you guys are going to end up together? It's impossible. It's just going to loop over and over again at the same outcome. And you're probably right. Maybe they're destined for each other. Maybe, Maybe they're just both it... so fucking toxic that the loop is like self-fulfilling. <laughs> so they just keep going back and forth and it's like, whatever, bro. It is what it is. Did you have any problems with either of them? Like, did you feel yourself going to one person's side or the other? Not really, to be honest. I think they're very, very opposite. And I think that's the point. I don't think mm-hmm. you're supposed to relate to either one more than the other. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't think you're supposed to look at Clementine and be like, fuck yeah, let's go dancing at the beach at fucking four in the morning because that mm-hmm. seems like a sane thing to do. But you're also not <laughs> supposed to relate to Jim Carrey, who's literally just a boring fuck, you know? <laughs> I don't think, like, that they're, the per- like, obviously, they're not, like, the perfect match. They don't, like, gel 100% with all their interests and whatever. But, like, they were both relatable in these unique ways. Like, the mm-hmm. way that I feel, I feel like maybe everybody, maybe just me, 
has been in the situation that Jim Carrey was describing, like Joel, of like that night that they almost spent in the house together the day they met of like, you know, if you don't like it here, just go. And then not knowing what you should do and doing the one that felt like more comfortable or whatever, but you didn't take a risk. Like, I don't know. The way he was talking about this, like, why did I just leave? Like, you told me I felt like I was in, I couldn't, I didn't know what to do. And just, I did the thing that was safest. Like, that's so vulnerable and so crazy. I don't know. I, I, I get it. I get what you mean. Yeah. Like he's so he's he's relatable to me, but even some of the shit that you know Clem says is, gets me. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying they're both relatable to the same extent, but in opposite uh-huh. ways. You know, that's true. Clementine, yeah. and you've also I'm assuming you've also been in a situation where you were like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna take the risk because it would be sick as fuck or whatever." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I'm saying so. Clementine is the one that is always going for the risk and. Jim Carrey, our boy Bruce, what's his name? Ace Ventura? Bruce Ventura. <laughs> Who the fuck is that? Yeah, Ace Ventura. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, he's uh, Bruce Almighty is what I was thinking of. <laughs> Weren't you trying to think of the other Bruce the whole time? <laughs> I was like, what? why am I thinking of Bruce? Who's Bruce? Yeah. <laughs> is it? He's in Bruce Almighty, no? I think so, yeah. I think he plays the main guy. God? Or God. <laughs> No, I don't know if he plays God. Or I think Evan Almighty. Why were there so many Almighty movies? I thought one of them was Steve Carell. I don't know what I'm talking about. I think I think Evan Almighty fine. is Steve Carell. Okay. Then Bruce Almighty, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Anyway. Good times. Anyway, what was I saying? That he is not whatever. Yeah, uh, he's he's very not is. risk. He's very risk averse, right? Yeah. Yeah. But also, I don't, I don't even think that like that matters too much in a relationship. Like, Mm -hmm. I think you can definitely go out with somebody that's like the exact opposite to you. Mm -hmm. It's just all about the ratios, bro. It's all about the ratios. (laughs) I'm telling you, bro, I've studied this. This is is a fucking science. Yeah, 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 for sure. What do you mean? What do you mean? Okay. There's other variables and stuff. Like if I am 30% wanting to be around the other person and spend time, right? Like that's how much I'm Mm -hmm. of my time of my relationship energy I'm willing to dedicate. Like, well, whatever. I don't know what this 30% is, but that's how much I want to hang out in real life with somebody, right? Mm -hmm. If somebody else doesn't have that same ratio, they can still do it. If like, I also provide some other parts of the relationship that they want. Like, you're not going to have this, like you're, let's say you're having a conversation with someone like, and they want to keep talking for hours and hours and hours, right? Like the perfect relationship isn't going to be that both people hang up at the same time. It's going to be like one person, you know, letting the conversation run longer than they wanted because they don't know it'll help the other if they're in a bad spot or if it's whatever day. But also having the comfortability to be like, I can't keep talking. I have my own things to do. And the other person won't get mad. Like, you know what I mean? It's like boundaries and stuff. Shut it's up, like Leander. Not... I'm just saying. <laughs> this guy I feel like fucking. I've not I talked to him this about this episode. shit one time, and this guy comes to disprove my theories. <laughs> I'm not saying ratios have nothing to do with it. Like you have to be, for example, right? Jordine, super into video games, right? When we mm-hmm. started dating, I didn't know how much she was into video games, but I felt like I was forcing her to play a bunch of them. Like she played Kingdom Hearts because of me, and it's like. I don't, I don't think I should have had to put anybody through that. 
and I can recognize now <laughs> that it's like some of those games. I mean, she said they were fun, and she'll keep saying they were fun. But like the old ones, I don't know how much they hold up without the nostalgia. But I'm gonna tell you she... right now, Kingdom Hearts One is the best one. But go ahead. <laughs> but she was willing to put in the time because she knew it mattered to me, even if it probably wasn't the most interesting thing to her at the time. But also. If I recommend her another game that's like, hey, 70 hour fucking Dark Souls 3 and I want her to play that, she'll be like, no, because of her own needs. And I should respect that. Like, I don't know. That's all I'm trying to say. Sounds like a ratio thing to me, to be honest with you. (laughs) It is your ratio for acceptance that is equal here. (laughs) You're right. You're right. It's all about the ratios. The fuck am I saying? I, I was know. just misunderstanding I don't, I mean, your beautiful ratio craft. I think it's excellent. I'm saying, I'm saying it's about. You know what? I say ratios, but I think the best word is literally just like compromise. Is the best word, mm-hmm. you know? Like yeah. you're willing. You know, she recommends something, or you recommend something, and you're like, "Yeah, I'll check it out." Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Okay, cool." And if you can't check it out, they're not gonna get mad at you because, like, okay, it's whatever. Like, it's no big deal. Yeah. Relationships are stupid, yeah. and if you're in a relationship, I hate you. I'm just saying that right now. <laughs> it's not even relationships, though. It's friendships and stuff as well. Like, you recommend I'm me talking, things. Hey, I relationships, I'm talking familial. I'm talking ro- fucking romantic, platonic. If you talk yeah. and converse with another person, you disgust me. Oh, you were saying that you hate them. I thought you were referencing how, yeah. like, what you were saying about ratios is important. That's important for everything, too. Yeah, because I feel like there you get into situations where it's like, you want to share something with someone and the most comfortable people you'll find is people who share things with you. Like there's like always going to be some level of push and pull in any relationship you have with someone, you know, Mm. that's why it's not just like one of us recommending movies every week. (laughs) What about, okay. This kind of ties back into the movie because I think Kate Winslet's character was recommending movies. Let's say, more than Jim yeah. Carrey's character was. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's where the main follower of him, not asking more, but she was more risk like prone than he was. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I think it mellowed her out because she felt guilty that she was essentially forcing him to do these things. And he felt bad because he didn't think he was adventurous enough for her, you know? it's it's a little bit of both right because i feel like even she talks a lot about how you know people date me for the fact that i'm unique but i i'm not like i'm fucked up the same way everyone else is so like i'm not just going to be this cliche person that you can put all your problems into and hope i solve them like i like that she was sticking to her own thing but i also don't really think she expected him to follow she she just kind of didn't want to be stopped i guess you know like even at the end of the relationship she talks about not wanting to feel trapped like that is what stood out to me i will say i'm glad that she addresses that she's not a fucking manic pixie girl so that was nice (laughs) i don't know what this word means what is it the big it's manic pixie girl i'm i'm being dead serious it's like it's the trope it's like where the girl comes in or Manic Pixie Dream Girl, where That's the girl it. comes in and, and she's like, uh, they come in, they're like, Haha, I'm so cool and quirky, and they open the main character's eyes up. 
which she kind of is, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it's like the character fucking hated her for it. Mm-hmm. And like they 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 really emphasize how it didn't work. Like they had problems in the relationship. It wasn't just like you know one person did anything in particular. It was just like these two people have such unique personalities that like sometimes they came to at odds with one another. I mean, especially after being together for so long. Like, oh my god. Do you remember that scene where <laughs> she asked, like, you know, um, what if we had a kid? And his response, like, oh my god. Dude's a fucking... Ah, uh, it was... Yeah, he's not very nice. so sad. He is so cruel. It was so, like, indirectly cruel. I didn't like him. <laughs> I didn't like him. I, I, I'm starting to... Dude, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. Um, I think I was much more open to men <laughs> in my movies uh-huh. before like this year i just i don't know what it is about the uh-huh. way that writing is made or is done in a lot of these movies where i'm just sitting here like oh my god dude oh my god i don't know i think it's like uh at least i feel like everybody has those little biases where you look for fault more in the people you think or have an association with mostly producing the fault like, if you watch any movie from the 90s, right? And it's like, who are the problematic people in those movies? It's probably men. <laughs> but <laughs> that's fair. But I will say that, like, from what I saw of this movie, it was not, like, one-sided. I felt very much like both of them were extremely toxic at different times. Like I agree. I, I thought that she was cruel and really curt sometimes, that just in a way that, like, would absolutely destroy me if I was in a relationship with her. Like, it's just, (laughs) like, intimidating to a crazy extent. Or, like, like, like you said, even if she doesn't mean to, there's, like, this indirect expectation to be kind of crazy. Yeah. I don't know. Or, like, not crazy, but just impulsive in a way that I'm not comfortable with. Like, that'd be whack. But I don't know. I like character studies, okay? Mm -hmm. I really do. And this movie is basically a fucking character study. Of mm-hmm. fucking Joel Barbish or whatever the fuck his name is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's really interesting. I think the biggest, not not the biggest, the coolest thing that I, I, the coolest contrast, I should say, between real Joel and dream Joel is how much he was actually involved within the world, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I feel like real Joel just kind of let the world pass him by. And maybe it's because like you have more control over your memories or your mind or whatever. Yeah. But he was much more, he was more of an active or he tried to be more of an active agent within uh, his memories. But I think that's also just like what relationships can do. I feel like he, he was, I don't know. He was very much like post breakup kind of depression looking sad. A lot of the times from like the scenes we saw of him fresh after the breakup, like I, I, I want to say that it's like it wasn't like the relationship made him a better person or anything like that. It was just like diff- he was a diff- he was literally a different person when he was. But in this there. is the point. This is the point that I'm trying to make. Mm-hmm. Post breakup, Joel was very, very depressed. He was in his own head type shit. But when yeah. he's he was he was actively trying to stop the procedure while he was in the in the his own head in the dream world. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm trying to say. I don't okay, know, okay. like, it, it, it could it could very well be that, you know, his relationship with Clementine was what convinced him to be more of an active agent within the dream world itself. 
I keep saying That's Dream true. World, but I don't know what else to fucking call it. No, the you're mind fair. map. That, that, that what do they sense. call it? <laughs> yeah, mind palace. The mind. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, I I get what you're saying. Like things kind of just happen to him until he's getting his dreams taken away, and it's like at that point oh, is when fuck. he actually kicks into action. I just came to a realization. What was it? Every time he is attempting to make an active decision in the dream world, he has Clementine talking to him and like advising mm-hmm. him on how to do it. You know, she's yeah. the one that's like, let's go hide in a memory that has nothing to do with me or whatever. And so, and this is me spitballing. I have no fucking idea if this even makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was the image of her that he built up in his mind, you know, that she's, she throws ideas out. She's very, open to taking risks and stuff like that, which is she why can, like, he listened to him. that character. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, it, it's what you said in the beginning, right? When you have this narrator who is unreliable, like yeah. we only have their visions to trust. And it's like, she did do that. She was actively protecting him in the dream world. And like, I don't know, even though she was disappearing at every moment, like it, it's so god it's so good like even we've only talked about the characters and stuff but even just the movie looked so good and held up so well the special effects and stage lighting and all that really just like make it feel dreamlike like when the fence is getting torn away panel by panel it's like god damn it like or cars crash landing out of the sky it's like you feel like this is something it's it's got that weird state of being where it's like in a dream where something is totally out of whack but you don't notice or acknowledge because in your dream it's normal like that sort of feel to it whack we didn't talk about any of the side characters we really didn't yeah i feel bad about that (laughs) i'm just gonna say mark ruffalo kirsten dunst and fucking elijah wood are in this movie so this cast is stacked dude like seriously stacked and it's fucking five people there's borderline just five like not even two main characters two main characters yeah, but it's like I just kept seeing people that I was like, God damn, I didn't know you were in this. Like, that's so cool. Yeah. And like they um, all actually nailed it out of the park. I think they were all very well portrayed characters. Like I felt like I knew them. Yeah. You know? Um yeah. so the side characters, I'm just gonna give like a little the side plot. Yeah. The technician or the secretary for the company that erases the minds had yeah. an affair with the doctor and the doctor erased her mind. So she could chill. Yeah. And then she was going out with one of the technicians that worked at the company. And also Patrick, who was Elijah Wood's character, stole underwear from Kate Winslet. <laughs> and and then basically co-opted uh, Joel's memory to fucking go out with her. Yeah. It, it's, Very, it's really wild. But, like, just that, like, premise is interesting and kept kept me so into it like i i like the 100%. idea that like with this sort of technology that can erase minds like of course people would use it for their own personal gains and like unethicality and whatnot literally elijah woods like co-opting the relationship is so fucked up like he gives her a gift that joel threw out before his procedure what he was going to give to her um like that is like it is just so levels of like uh unethical and like Maybe there was squeamish. even just it was something really kind of depressing mm. about the whole the way the secretary's storyline ended because like yeah it's not that it wasn't 
consensual. Like she wanted her, or not didn't want, but like was compelled to have her memory erased, right? But still fell back into the same habits. And it's like, that's just indicative of how humans are. If you didn't give them time to learn from their mistakes, they're going to make the same ones again. And it's like the whole relationship is just like, like, I don't know. The whole like, Joel Clem relationship is the same thing as what happened with yeah. the secretary and the. Doctor. I was exactly. I was gonna say the exact same thing. Like once you are exposed to the same person, these feelings won't go away. It's so weird. It's so weird. It like I don't know. Would you ever get the procedure if you like if there was someone you vehemently hated or whatever, or you had like an ex? I don't that think you so. To forget. I couldn't, and I don't think it's even trying to portray it as a, a good. I don't think anybody. Actually, maybe people would. I don't know who the fuck's out there, but I couldn't. No, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck these kids are into these days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. with their fucking TikToks and fucking zooms and shit. Yeah, top five ways to survive a plane crash: wipe your memory. <laughs> <laughs> it's insurance yeah. companies out to get you. <laughs> anyway, oh my god, dude. I reference popular movie. TikToks now. That's going to be season two of the podcast. It's true. Once Leander <laughs> downloads TikTok, then I, I have to. I have to. <laughs> my cousin and a bunch of my friends keep making fun of me for not getting it. Aw. Get you it. little reels, baby. Little YouTube shorts, yeah. baby. Hey. <laughs> hey. Coward. Commit to your data loss. Who gives a shit? Take it all. No. Inject no. it straight into your veins. Just constant. No. Like just consume that onslaught, like that slurry that's just pipe full of content right into your gullet. Like you greedy little rat that you are. Bro, I have Twitter for that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, let's write this thing. (laughs) All right. What are we reading it? It has to be Clementines, Uh, right? (laughs) I kind of like that. Like there were no Clementines in this movie, but I think that's a fun one. Yeah, but that's okay. And her fucking nickname was Tangerine, so we could do a Tangerine if you want. I think Clementines is funny. I I don't think there will ever be another movie where Clementines are the main item, so I think we're good on that too. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to give it 11 Clementines out of 12. I'm going to give it a 10. I'm going to give it a 10. That's fair. I was was debating 10, 12, 10 10 or 11, but then I remembered you called me pessimistic and like the the hard rate pessimistic contrarian contrarian yeah so i was like i'm gonna grade it the higher one so that he'll either match me or go under like there's no way he's giving it 12 so this is the first time that i have gone below and you know that my opinion is unbiased i'm not like leander who's being counter contrarian over here (laughs) (laughs) this is called strategic voting people learn how to do it (laughs) so he's like so next time when i give a movie of four nobody can blame me (laughs) all right so i got my recommendation locked and loaded i've had it for a few weeks now and Mm -hmm. this is a fun one because i feel like if you had seen it i would know and i haven't seen it and i know that but it's very important movie to me we're gonna watch space jam a new legacy god damn it (laughs) i haven't seen it yet of course you haven't, because we would have talked about it, because that movie is fucking crazy that it exists. I remember Space Jam when I was a kid. How is it being made? I can't believe I'm going to see Hot Lola Bunny. It's going to be great. No, not Hot Lola Bunny. I don't think they made her like as sexy as she was in Space or supposedly, allegedly, how many asterisks I need to put there. Allegedly? Listen, listen, don't fucking, don't, don't sidetrack. Don't, don't sidestep. 
<laughs> just just go face face on, bro. The reason why there's so many furries in our generation is because of Space Jam. <laughs> just say it. <laughs> I can't be responsible for this. I'm just Old really excited great. to see it, though. I've heard it's a crazy got movie. <laughs> so do you remember the plot of the first one? Or are we going to have to rewatch the first one somehow? What that, plot? Like... <laughs> what do you mean? The Monstars, Michael Jordan's secret stuff all that yeah he cut they they just it's basically just a fucking giant ad bro <laughs> but of course you're analyzing it with your modern lens hashem you have to go back and imagine that you're a little kid who just got to see like daffy duck and bugs bunny play with you know michael jordan yeah <laughs> i guess that's fair all right i will try to look at this with childlike childlike innocence I don't think we need to watch the first one. I might just because I'm curious. I want to know how they continue the the big lore that I've been waiting for all this time. But okay, yeah. <laughs> all right, this is a good one. I'm glad this is a good one. This is a fresh movie too. 2021 pick. Yeah. How are we gonna? Where are we gonna watch this? Uh, we'll find it somehow. You know, theaters, reliable resources online. Maybe a subscription right. feed to some real site where we can pay money for intellectual mm. property mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. yeah support small businesses like disney support small businesses like <laughs> fucking warner, warner brothers warner brothers <laughs> all right this is good uh so you've listened to an episode of jump cut congrats <laughs> welcome to the ending congratulations bro glad to have you uh you can follow me on uh at, at lee and her on twitter follow hashem at the hash on twitter Follow our editor at Default Bird on Twitter, Jordine. Mm. She was on last week's episode. If you want to, you know, listen to us not talk about Transformers for an hour and a half, <laughs> and yeah, follow us at Jump Cut FM, uh, Jump Cut FM on Twitter for like the podcast Twitter. JumpCut.fm is a website. Um, that's about it. I think that's all we have. Yeah, follow the Patreon. Are- our OnlyFans. Unfortunately, we're gonna have to stop posting our nudes on there, but that's okay. Yeah, yeah, we're we, we're violating the terms and services of some of the shit we've posted there. Unedited, unfiltered, raw, unfiltered, raw uh, <laughs> reviews. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck. I don't know where I was going with this. OnlyFans is banning stuff. That's all that matters. All right. Uh, and that's it. So yeah. come back next week and you'll hear us talk about whatever. I think Space Jam. I don't remember. Basketball. Yeah. My memory is disappearing. Oh, God. Look at this in media. Oh, man. Isn't it funny? Because the movie was about the uh, anyway. <laughs> it's been real. <laughs> it's been real. <laughs>